Hey guys, welcome to Deconversion Therapy. This is Bonnie. Over there is Karen. And by over there, I mean in the freezing cold uh, world of Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's a tundra. Is it? No. <laughs> so it's not. There's no snow, but it's too cold for me to walk because I'm a delicate flower. So I suppose we can tell you to catch us on all of the places, like the Instagram. I really am liking Instagram more lately um, because I've been off of Facebook for about a year and a half. And honestly, it's been a lot nicer. Life has been just nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram's great. And uh, Karen does a lot of TikToks. And they're funny and poignant. <laughs> they're not poignant. <laughs> <laughs> they're just a, a bit snarky um they're there yeah well she's turned me on to a lot of information that way um let's see twitter not so much and guess what don't care we have a great facebook yeah. group it's private so you have to ask to be in there and um it's a great support group and you meet a lot of people who are just super down to earth um salt of the earth kind of people going through the same garbage with their super religious parents and friends and family. I had someone who answered one of the questions. Like, it's, you know, where would you say your religion is now or faith? And if someone's a Christian who's thinking about things, you know, they'll say that. And I'm like, yeah, come on in. There is one, I still have it saved, that's like, I'm a Bible-believing Baptist, amen, (laughs) hallelujah. I'm like, how? How? Why are you here? You know, how do you think I'm going to let you in going all shit crazy on the people in there? So I did not let that person in. So <laughs> and they can alliterating. Just go to church and they're, yeah, they can just say they're oh, being Bible persecuted. Bible Baptist. <laughs> Name Bob. And on Instagram, I was telling you, and I've noticed Christian Nightmares doing this a lot more. You're going to see a lot more video. And we're all sorry about that. But the CEO is like, you know what I think we should do? We should push out video, which means they will favor if something is a real versus if something is a meme. Oh. I don't know if that's, you know, true by the analytics, but that's what they're saying. They're going to push out that and have it also for shopping. But hold on. So that means that's what they shove out if you start scrolling through reels. You're talking about them pushing out what's uh, on reels, kind of like the way with TikTok. You scroll and there's some kind of an algorithm. But if I follow Mm -hmm. you, I'm going to see what you post either way. Right. So, yeah. And, yeah. And what they're doing is, like, the only way... We get more followers is when someone else sees it who isn't following us. Right. So what they're going to start doing, though, is pushing and preferring people to see video content or shopping content. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just the way it is. But then subscribing, supposedly they've already, like, launched this subscription method which at this point, I cannot see us doing in the least unless it gets to like some weird situation that everyone, I I have no idea, but I can't see us doing it. 
where you pay to see people's content as far as like influencers. <sighs> that makes me, well, influencers. <laughs> I don't know. Like us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine paying to see a Kardashian stuff, but I suppose I, some people I, I would. would pay not to exactly yeah I, I mean there are people who are like artists as far as maybe musicians or i you know whatever they can do that but i don't know instagram they're they're getting a little weird on us but we are there for the meantime and please send us memes and we'll most likely repost them pretending they are ours and you know what you said meantime but you could have easily have said meme time but and you know who's back on instagram and we were all clearly worried about is kate beckinsale and she's back with her cat that was she has a show have you come across the show she's on i I never watch what she's on Oh, <laughs> I just like her cats. Anyway. Well, talking of uh, influencers, today we're going to talk about my new, like, everything's changed for me. That's it. We're going to talk about Tammy Faye Baker Mesner. Um, and my whole opinion of her has done a 180, and now I'm in love with her and think she's the greatest. Yeah, I can agree with my whole opinion changing, too. And you know what? You gays out there that listen to us, you're going to say, yeah, we knew the whole time. (laughs) Well, Well, we weren't allowed to talk to you. So see, (laughs) that's why we are just learning this information. So HBO, I did not go to the movie theater because I do not go anywhere, as people know, but... HBO showed it, the eyes of Tammy Faye and Jessica Chastain played Tammy and Andrew Garfield, who I didn't even know was British because I am that uneducated about him playing Jim Baker. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I... I have never found them as interesting as some people find them because I think they are cartoonish and it turns me off. However, I was completely impressed with her as just a human who wasn't caught up in all the bullshit that he was. The cartoon thing, I was absolutely the same, and I was sort of embarrassed that they were Christians when we were growing up. But they were also, like, not a part of our Christianity. But to the outside person, they didn't know that. They didn't know that wasn't our Christianity. Totally. Right. And I didn't know that they didn't know that. Right. I did know that they didn't know and was embarrassed. (laughs) I guess I just had no one else I was talking to outside the church. So I didn't realize that they would see or think any of that. But the movie put it really well. I was like, watch the later half when they get older yeah and the characters get even more cartoony yeah and then hit this flow of being exactly like them because of that cartoonish attribute right and i remember i wish i could go back and ask her and i'll ask my mom but i remember my grandmother watching them and I wonder really? if I do not think that she was watching them from a place of uh, godliness or thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is a great ministry. I think she was watching the show. 
you know, for the circus of it. Right. But I'm going to ask my mom. Because my grandmother also watched uh, Porky's, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and how many shows were on at the same time then? You know, you really didn't have a lot of choices. And yeah. that one was the uh, the brightest, the most colorful. Right. I mean, next to Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which didn't come on till 3 o'clock. 3.30, right. actually. So Tammy Faye was born Tamara. See, she should have kept that. Tamara Faye Mesner in 1942 in Minnesota to Pentecostal preachers. So this was interesting because, again, I keep forgetting that, like, Pentecostals allowed women to do things. So both her parents were preachers. Oh. Wasn't she stuck at home at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, it looked like they didn't let her out much. So from what I understand, the parents divorced, and then the mom was like, you know, got remarried later and all this stuff and had a blended family. But Tammy Faye ended up being the oldest of all of the eight, and she had to raise the young ones, Uh. which is hard enough. But they didn't even have an inside toilet. They had an outhouse. So just thinking of that whole, like, you're poor, you're all in this one little house, you don't get to leave very often. And you don't get the dignity of an inside poo. You don't. That's tough. So, I mean, that's a hard... I can understand, like, if you're raised in that, and then later you're like, I can afford blush, and you just go whole hog. (laughs) Blush. Like, I will take it all. <laughs> you mean rouge? <laughs> <laughs> the rouge. Oh, man, there's a TikTok of this woman who collects, like, vintage makeup. Mm-hmm. And some of, like, the Cody, remember the Cody yeah. lipsticks? And they're in, like, this brass thing with etched flowers on it. Ooh, so fancy. fancy Cody. <laughs> and she'll pull it up, and then she'll wind out the lipstick and it's the ugliest orange yes they had so few choices they did and i just remember my grandmother's lipstick never going down it always seemed to be (laughs) the same amount like did you replenish this i don't know magic makeup yeah okay so tammy faye met jim not jim bob but mm-hmm. we're close enough at North Central Bible College, I think in like Minneapolis. And they were both pretty odd people. <laughs> and he was like their dorm hall monitor, which is already strange. And I think Jim <laughs> Baker was creepy and was probably looking in windows anyway. <laughs> But he loved, in the movie, it really showed, like, he loved the idea that she was cute, like Betty Boop, the little, you know, strangely sexy. um, Cartoon? Big-headed, yeah. (laughs) Big-headed cartoon. cartoon. There you go. And then, you know, later, of course, that becomes unattractive when you realize, no, this isn't an act. Like, that's her voice. That's how she acts. Yeah. So then they got married, but they got kicked out of the college. 
because the college did not allow you to get married until you graduated. Much like YWAM that I was in with my husband that didn't allow people to date. And when they saw that we liked each other, had a talk with both of us because not allowed to date. Interesting. And one thing I would say to you is that that makes you that you should have your Gen X card taken away from you because our generation is really pretty good about keeping shit on the sly and secret from people. So you guys must have really liked each other. Where could we go? It was communal. We couldn't. Yeah. Okay. So back up for one second, because the way that the movie uh, just the, the movie explained it perfectly, exactly what it was like being um, somebody of the Bible or somebody Christian back then. They're dating and they're hot and heavy and touching each other. And then cut to she goes to her mom's house. She's like, we're married. I'm like, oh, yeah, we couldn't wait. So what the hell? We got married. Wow. Because that's you what you do. What would you do if just like, you had a kid who brought home Jim Baker. That's, I mean. Well, her, her I mom know. her mom just was the meanest, meanest Bitch. lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like total church lady person. Um, so then they're like, well, we don't have our degrees. Let's work our way up in our little church and hit the road with the ever popular back then and way too popular, unfortunately, now, puppet ministry, (laughs) which, how do those two words go together? Yeah. Ministry. Okay, but back up. I know I've talked about it so much. I'm just kidding. I did puppet ministry at church. And it was hard to hold your arm up. It is stressful. <laughs> it was so hard. <laughs> Did you get workers comp for just that side? Yeah. This is from witnessing <laughs> this lump right here. But I can't, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff now that they're doing with puppet ministry, very advanced. Mm-hmm. But why? Do people really like it? They don't. Well, it is more colorful than just having somebody up on the stage. You know, telling you how to behave. I don't know. So here's a here's a bird telling you how to behave. Yeah. Um, but a but a fake so one. A fake <laughs> Somebody bird. has to throw their voice. <laughs> With a hand up their ass. So the puppet ministry ended up actually getting on the Pat Robertson show. His face hadn't melted yet then. <laughs> he was a young sprite. And that was like a big thing to get on Pat Robertson. And the whole thing was prosperity gospel, which we talked about, which is if you give to God's organizations, meaning the television show, then you will, God will bless you. So it's supposed to be this cycle if you guys didn't grow up in this type of shit. Like we had that, we were still at the the 10% of tithing at Southern Baptist, very, you know, typical, but they still did preach all this stuff about you'll be blessed tenfold, but they didn't say that it would be money tenfold. They made a point to say, you know, blessings come in all shapes and sizes. So if you go broke tithing to your church. (laughs) Well, I always got the feeling it was pretty simple. Like, 
hey, guys, how else do you think we make money? Give us a little Mm -hmm. and we can keep going. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds, you know, that's, yeah. That was much less um, devious than it probably was. Right. Because my heads were uh, in the clouds. Especially now that I've found out that our pastor, who is still a big pastor in the United States, went to my parents to ask them for a shit ton of money, and they were deciding if they should take out a second mortgage. I only heard that in the last year, and I'm pissed. Luckily, my parents did not. That's ballsy. Oh, man. But the whole puppet ministry and, like, let's do this everything even what they end up doing for a show was all her idea. Mm-hmm. She was the go-getter. And you saw that in the movie. Do you remember the scene where all those blowhards are outside having a picnic and there's a long table and it's all the men and all the women are over in the corner. And of course, Tammy with a baby, pulls herself right up to the men's table. I loved it. And, and when gets, you say blowhards, mm-hmm. those were they were they were the leaders of the evangelical media at that time. So there was a Jerry Falwell, there was a Pat Robertson, there was a whoever the hell else it was. And Jim was just as so excited to be getting to sit at their table. And then here comes Tammy Faye and what the hell? <laughs> like, she just I I had no idea that she, I did see her as like this flamboyant, sort of crazy character, mm-hmm. but I also saw her as a Christian wife. Yeah. Which in our, you know, meaning just means she's a sidekick. I had no idea that she was like the brains because, mm-hmm, just like we judged Dolly. We didn't think there were brains. Now we discover we were wrong. So they started the PTL club. I watched some little um, thing on TikTok. I was looking at different videos. And there was a young woman doing one. And obviously, she didn't grow up like we did. So she said, so Tammy Faye was in something called the PLT club. (laughs) And I'm like, praise Lord, duh. No, no. So the PTL club... And it started making, it was a show, started making tons of money, like $120 million annually, which was crazy. And then they started Heritage Park, which was this freak-ass, like, Disney amusement park that ended up being the third most popular amusement park in the United States. It was a water park. Disney's. Which I didn't realize I mean, I saw, I love in the movie, they have like the, the sketches in the back for all the slides, right. <laughs> which is exciting to me. But then I started thinking, okay, this is just a place where, you know, okay, Christian families can go and have a great time, but everybody's going to be in bathing suits. They're going to be boobies mm-hmm. out and, 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 and body lusting and (laughs) (laughs) exchanging of fluids yeah that's what I was thinking I saw like the same I saw some footage of like people playing in the pool and it struck me the same like I wonder if they have rules like here's the modesty thing like instead of you need to be this tall to enter this ride (laughs) your bathing suit needs to be this tall this 
opaque, etc. But I thought the same thing. And I wondered if they named the slides Slide into Hell. Uh, I bet they did. <laughs> well, I was also thinking about that documentary about Action Park, <laughs> the one in I, New Jersey where the slides uh, would have like a 25% chance of killing or maiming you. Maiming you? Yeah. Um, so when they were talking about coming up with Heritage Park in the movie, um, then it brought on, it just it just occurred to me, uh, they were complaining about losing their tax-free status. And I'm like, who gets to operate a big-ass business like that and be tax-free? That's horrible. The whole tax-free part of all of their, you know, adventures, whatever, right. I'm so cheesed off about. <laughs> you use that language. I'm sorry. I wonder if they were like, we need alternatives. Our religion says we need alternatives to those sexy water parks. <laughs> and we need to have something more reserved. I don't know how they got away with that either. But lots of people were pulling strings everywhere. Like tampon strings hanging out of bikini bottoms. They, You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around this time, that's when everyone started noticing Tammy Faye and her ding-dong husband. And (laughs) SNL had a bunch of sketches, and it would mostly just be a woman in makeup. And then they would show her again, and her whole face would be streaked with mascara because that was the running gag. And you could buy T-shirts of just, like, splotched mascara and lips and rouge that said I ran into Tammy Faye at the mall, which I thought was hilarious when I was in ninth grade. Yeah. Um, One of the things that struck me about this whole thing, this whole movie was I didn't think I could lock, I could dislike Jim Baker more. But after this movie, I can't stand him. He's a nothing. He's (laughs) absolute nothing. And we see again, spoiler alert, Tammy Faye died a while ago, but that he's still living and has a freaking show that the kids she done birthed are on. You're, and we've talked no about justice. him before and how he is selling those those big buckets of instant meals for when the end mm-hmm. times come. Yeah, you can right. you guys can stick it out in your shelter with these instant meals. God, yeah, he's he's super turd and gross. Yeah, and it was all her. The makeup part, we learned her eyelashes, her lip liner, and maybe something else was tattooed, which in the '90s was super rare. I'm wondering where she even found a tattoo artist to do that because that would have been unheard of almost back then did was that a part of the plot of the show it sounds familiar when somebody said can you take it off and she goes no i can't (laughs) right was that (laughs) i don't know if they said it in the show but yeah she had it tattooed on and she said that people had always been saying you need to downplay your makeup or take it off and she said that's like asking dolly parton to get a boob reduction so she absolutely understood how to personally brand herself. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So then it was baby having time, and she had two kids, ended up staying home, 
And she was lonely. She was stressed out. Just the usual stuff. You know, you can have all the money in the world, Bonnie. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. You can be lonely. That's what I hear. <laughs> At and the top. She, <laughs> she got pneumonia, I guess. And they sent her and put her in a hospital in California. And they were looking and trying to treat the pneumonia. But they also saw, like, her heart was beating really slowly, all these other alarming things. And then they figured out she was on, like, a lot of Ativan, a lot. Yeah. And she said, I was given that for my fear of flying, but I realized Mm. it just helped for a lot of stuff, which we all have realized. And if you look at her... Oh, I thought it was kind of like, I wonder how much... It was real. It was based on real things. In the movie, she was like, well, I didn't know they were addictive. Then I won't take them. I believe that. I kind of do, too. Yeah. Back then, I mean, there just wasn't as much discussion on which things were addictive and which weren't and all that. And, I mean, she was smart in one way, but she was definitely a ditz in other ways. But they forcibly put her in the Betty Ford Clinic. Yeah. And that's sort of the time when everything started falling apart a bit. Um, During that time, or once she was out, that's when Jim and his sexy self had (laughs) an affair, which it was not an affair, it was an assault, with Jessica Hahn. That's the one that was all over the papers. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I remember Jessica Hahn being everywhere, like on everything you ever saw, because this was perfect for tabloids. It didn't matter. And when you say everything you ever saw, we had like three tabloids at the Publix checkout in Florida. There was the Inquirer, Mm -hmm. you know, the Star, and something else that was even more sordid. Yeah. And that's all you would see. Like, there weren't a lot, and there still aren't a lot of, like, Christian celebrities on these things. You don't see Kirk Cameron on there. But these people just attracted photographers, attracted the media. So when... Jessica Hahn, how it was found out, I didn't realize this. She was calling the show anonymously and asking for money. Oh, was she the one that was calling in and screaming and screeching? I don't know if she was, maybe. Okay, all right. She was calling in the show and asking for money. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Not, And then, of course, they were like, oh, we need to give this woman some hush money. Right. But there was... An investigative journalist poking around anyway, found out, and then put it all in the papers. And then Jessica Hahn ended up being exactly what you also dislike. She was everywhere, paparazzi, playboy, all that stuff. Um, yeah. But she was super young. And later she, you know, she said that... Like the the under preacher, whatever, whoever was under Jim Baker on the show had lured her to the hotel room saying you're going to babysit the kids and things happened. Oh, God. And then. (laughs) Then. Miss Tammy Faye had an emotional affair. Oh, my gosh. But I love (laughs) 
okay, we call this an emotional affair because nothing was consummated. However, the scene that I loved in the movie was she's kind of like straddling the guy who was the mm-hmm. music producer, and he goes to unbuckle his pants, and she goes, no, we can't. But then she says, oh, my gosh, you're so big, which was like a nice slam because the only uh-huh. guy she'd ever been with was Jim. I'm like, nice. Oh, my gosh, you're so normal. <laughs> yep. So I was like, did she really, like, go that far? Because in the movie... It was totally cringy. So she makes these albums that are exactly what you expect, you know. She's she's a quote singer, whatever. Uh, and she had this producer from Nashville, Gary Paxton, who had done Monster Mash and He did Monster some, Mash? Yeah, he did some other sort of big uh Things. Hold on. Let me find what he did. Big things. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Because she said that. Yeah. He also did Alley Oop. Okay. Um, So novelty songs. He's, yeah, I would say he's a bit of a novelty guy. But he went out to see her work on, produce, work on, (laughs) (laughs) uh, produce this album. And in the movie, it showed that they were you know, getting close. But then when I looked it up, it said it's true that they worked together, but later Paxton's wife, Karen, Hmm. what a wonderful person, (laughs) said Tammy Faye was in love with Gary or thought she was, and she knew I knew it. And then she said it was actually a one-sided romance. He was definitely a sympathetic ear, but he did not like Tammy in that way at all. Um, and then it says, when Jim Baker phoned Paxton to accuse him of having an affair with Tammy, mm-hmm. the musician replied, you short son of a bitch, come on down here to Nashville and I'll pound you in the ground. <laughs> I just sounded like <laughs> my voice just did a sing-songy Mr. Haney <laughs> So then, sound. even if it's not true, I do enjoy that they took some artistic license to, in a roundabout <laughs> way, imply that Jim Baker had a tiny wiener. <laughs> First of all, all of these church leaders and the mother and, and everybody except for, it seems like, Tammy Faye around her was such know-it-alls. They, they knew everything. They were such jerks, which I think yeah. is probably um, par for the course, given the people who they were doing, um, you know, a show about. Um, and the other people who I kept feeling bad for throughout the whole thing were the extras having to sit there as an audience and mm-hmm. watch take after take <laughs> of right. fucking Tammy Faye. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen the show or have seen the Jim Baker show now? Have you ever looked at video? The new one? Yeah. The audience, again, lots of stretch pants on men. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Pale blue slacks with elastic bands pulled up way up high. So it's definitely like this retirement village demographic, which it was back then, too. And you just said pale blue. Did you notice? Okay, on their phone bank, all the people answering the phones, all the phones were pale blue. Like any decor that was around, pale blue. 
and that just nasty, disgusting 1986, seven, whatever, um, bad floral <laughs> upholstery on all the mm-hmm. furniture and just peach tones and just like whatever the equivalent of a Welch's kid grown up would have been <laughs> as far as decor. It was that just sicky sweet. Ugh. And then it would clash because she would wear like rhinestones. She had some edge to her. I would even venture to say she wore the snap leotards as shirts. Like she, body suits? Yeah. She yeah. was a little, um, she was edgy. I don't know. That's, she was feeling herself at that time. Well, it would make sure you looked all nice and tucked in. A body shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I got to snap it down near my pajamas. Okay, sorry. So this is when things really turned, and I think I was oblivious to all of this, but you and I remember the AIDS epidemic very much so. And it was a scary-ass time. For people who didn't live in it, it was very much like coronavirus, except sexual And we didn't have any understanding of what was happening, you know. How it was transmitted. As far as, no, like, yeah, at first we didn't know how it was transmitted. We didn't understand anything, but we just knew, like, people were getting emaciated and they were dying and it was terrible. And I had seen Rock Hudson at one point at Disney World because I was in a choir, Bonnie. And we sang at the Christmas thing at Disney World. And Rock Hudson was like the MC. Oh. And he just looked really bad. And at that time he had AIDS, but no one knew it. And he was really the first celebrity that once it came out, you know, oh, Rock Hudson has it. That's when everything started rolling in the media. But I don't think I ever knew that Tammy Faye brought on a gay pastor onto the show yeah, and talked to him about AIDS and the AIDS epidemic and all of this stuff. His name was or is, he's still alive, Stephen Peters, P-I-E-T-E-R-S. I loved and at the end that we find out that he's still alive. I know. That was so encouraging because that was way back at the beginning of it where it was a death sentence. And that he's still alive is so cool. Yeah, yeah. But so she had this little segment she was allowed to do called Tammy's House Party. See, she's very edgy. (laughs) And it was just this thing where she discussed with this guy, you know, coming out and his diagnosis with AIDS and the death of his partner And then she looked at the camera and said, how sad that we as Christians, who are supposed to be the salt of the earth and are supposed to be able to love everyone, are afraid so badly of AIDS patients that we won't go up to them and put an arm around them and tell them that we care. And this was like a huge division with everyone. And supposedly the network said, okay, we also want you to interview a psychologist who can talk about conversion therapy. And she refused. Good. 
And you know, one of the things that people are constant they always talk about how Princess Diana was lauded for her lack of fear of dealing with AIDS patients and how she mm-hmm. would give them hugs. And so Princess Diana gets, you know, put up on a pedestal for that. And I didn't even realize it about Tammy Faye. And she had an audience Me too. Either. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea and Obviously, she got criticized, but she did some really wacky things. You can find footage. Uh, I mean, it's all over pun, YouTube. Pun intended yeah. of the penile implant machines or different things. And she has the machine there and the doctor and they talk about, you know, the whole penile thing. And she giggles, but not at it, just like at herself trying to touch the machine and its parts. (laughs) But she's like, this is what our viewers deal with, which again, could mean Jim. (laughs) She was, when she was interviewing the gay pastor, her questions were just so basic and sincere didn't you think Mm -hmm. like like are people afraid to to be in the same room with you and he was like yes and and just her empathy for how sad that was and she was like yeah and what was it like when you came out to your parents and it was just those are such basic questions that we didn't even ask back then you know absolutely such denial about stuff So everything in the marriage kept hitting the fan between uh, Jim, his small penis, and Tammy (laughs) Faye, and he ended up going to jail. And if you want to look up one footage of any of this, it's seeing Jim Baker handcuffed and being taken away while he's crying. It's beautiful. (laughs) It is beautiful. He gets arrested for actual fraud because he was using, you know, the money that was supposed to go to Heritage Park or the church or the this or the that for other things, etc. So he got carried away and put in jail. And when he was in jail, that's when she filed for divorce. And she <laughs> and we all cheered. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that is when the first time I knew of her and I'm like, good for her. Um But she got really criticized. Why would you leave your man when he is at a point like that? That's not a good Christian wife, etc. And she explained it well. She was like, I thought it would be much worse if he came out of jail and saw me and had all this hope of what's next for Jim and Tammy. So I rather, yeah, do it well while I was in jail. And she said what really was the problem is when he was put in jail, he handed things over to Jerry Falwell because Jerry Falwell talked him into, let me take over the PTL club for you. And here goes the Jimmy Falwell slander, but it's not slander because it's true. One, he had a disgusting son. Two... He, when he took over the PTL club, he started disparaging. He said it was only going to be for a small amount of time. He started disparaging Jim Baker and starting rumors that Jim was gay. Was Jim gay? There are indications that point possibly. But 
He knew that that would ruin his career. He lied and told them, okay, we're not going to let you guys be poor or destitute. So how much do you need to live on for a year? And then they wrote it down and told him. And then he goes and tells everybody, this is what they're saying they need to live on. This is excessive. This does not seem like people who are of Jesus. That's just so shitty. Yeah. And he was telling everyone how they lived so opulently and they had twin Rolls Royces and all this stuff. And later, Tammy was like, you should have seen our house. It was like two houses that we tried to stick together. And it was anyway. But he was doing all this for political gain because he was afraid that the reach that Tammy and Jim had that they wanted to promote Pat Robertson for president because Pat Robertson was running against George Bush and Jerry Falwell wanted George Bush. So once again, we can't separate freaking religion and politics. So Jerry Falwell was more of a shithead than I even realized. (laughs) And whether it's real or not, I just love that they had the Tammy Faye character going, can we just leave politics out of it? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, what she said. And I'm like, I'm, I'm backing Tammy Faye. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're totally Tammy Faye stands. Let me also, I really do love her. Yeah, can I also tell you that one of my favorite lines in the whole thing was, <laughs> because it was what I was thinking as Tammy Faye, Jim comes and he's all in tears and he's like, Tammy, the devil's coming for me. And she just said, can we talk about Satan later? <laughs> just loved that. And what was the scene? Was like a, a baby crowning at that time in the hospital? I can't remember, but he was totally oblivious to everything. Yeah, I just loved that it was like, okay. <laughs> Can we talk about Satan later? Awesome. So after they got divorced, then she met Roe. I don't know. No, Rose stands for. No, no, they. Rose was the developer, and she knew them. They knew each other before they got divorced. He's the one who was on the tractor or something with her, and and said, "Are you cold?" You know, like he cared about her. (laughs) And then she had on this giant white, um, giant white Russian looking hat and matching coat. And then he was like, "Of course you're not cold." So, um. Yeah, that's him. He divorced his wife. I know. To be with so her. He helped build Heritage Park and churches. And yeah, he was married. And then, boop, he divorced. They got married. And what do you know? He ended up being a fraud and having to go to jail also. This poor lady. She had a type. She had a type. She, it started when you're young and you see people who you love walk to the outhouse. And then it replays in adulthood. I think her type is just somebody who paid attention to her. Yeah. Which makes me really sad. Um, Yes. Okay, so backing up just a little bit, when Jim Baker was convicted and they, they hauled him away, the press was out there on the steps of the courthouse. And so it's the typical scene, a melee, a ton of people, and they jam all these microphones right in front of her. So what is her natural inclination? She sings a song out <laughs> on the courthouse steps. And I was like, 
this seems totally fake, but I YouTubed it and boop, there it was. It's real. You can look it up on YouTube. That's crazy shit. It's totally crazy. But when I was in that whole AOG Assemblies of God, you know, charismatic thing, like that was the protest, not the protest, protest songs have been around forever, but that was sort of the thing. Like you sing in wherever you are and give praise to God and it pushes the devil away. Well, I guess she realized she had a platform and that the cameras were on and she's mm-hmm. she's going to. And even when she was talking to Ted Koppel and when he and I guess Jim and Tammy were talking to him at one point, they end the whole interview. And you know what, Ted? God loves you. I'm sure uh-huh. Ted was like, oh, please, no. <laughs> right. no, no. Cut her mic. <laughs> it's really interesting also to see how people who are on some kind of a fringe, adapt uh, their makeup or hairstyles, and it just keeps getting off-the-charts levels. Like Mm. um, uh, the Tennessee lady, whose name I can't remember right now. Right. What's her name? Uh, The big hair. Shamblin. Yeah. Shamblin. Yeah. Her hair kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and Tammy Faye's eye makeup kept getting more and more caked on, and pronounced, yeah. and uh, I just kept thinking about Tammy Faye. Like she would totally be digging right now. How everyone wears fake eyelashes. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah. She would have loved it. Yeah, get herself some Kiss eyelashes. <laughs> she would. Pro- oh, she would have a line. She would have her own line. She would have a line. Yeah. I don't know. I know that there were some other people who came after them and are still around. Is it the couches? But I don't know if Tammy Faye was, like, the first one to sort of uh, debut this this look yeah. on TV. And then everyone started emulating her. I'm not sure. Sounds unlikely, but... but <laughs> <laughs> what look? What look? The whole, this, this, you know, tad overdone look. I don't know. Oh, okay. The other um, the other one that I really enjoy, the other little tidbit of the movie is, and this made me sad, but kind of was a great explanation of her character. So Jim's in jail, and they're talking, and he's crying. And she's <laughs> like, Jim, I pray that God uses you again. I'm like, oh, no. You can't pray that God uses him again. Yeah. Because he's kind of shown that he's not godly it's that redeeming thing you just have to believe everyone's going to be redeemed and they just never rarely i will say they rarely are but i mean did she say i hope that god gives you buckets of macaroni no. That people can line up in their <laughs> living room for Armageddon and throw a tablecloth over and bam, there's a table. Go back to our episode on that if you want. Did you, okay, so did you notice after the fact, after they get divorced and she's poor? Right. Did you right. notice what kind of car she was driving? No. Okay, so <laughs> she's driving this rickety Honda Accord with a little broken off Jesus fish (laughs) over the word Accord. (laughs) 
But there's always been that joke that we told in church, like, what kind of car would Jesus drive? And like, oh, cause, a Honda, because they were all in one accord. Ah. Uh, That's so, why she got it, or God gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that she can't even have a Jesus fish that's not broken. <laughs> she just has <laughs> half a one. And she... There is a sweet scene in the movie, and we're not spoiling the movie. I mean, the, the movie is really about the characters, so definitely watch it, HBO, again. Um, when she's, like, living in an apartment community and people are making fun of her, like, young kid boys in their teens, 20s, Youths. and she decides <laughs> just to go up to them and introduce herself. I'm like, I think that's her i think her whole life was like if you just give me a chance yeah i did not know that then she had a show with it was called the jim jay and tammy faye show and it was with jim bullock yeah jim jay bullock was a very very colorful character on the show with ted knight that's right. What was it? Um, comfort. Too close um, for comfort. Too close for comfort. He was like one of, he was like the flamboyant gay dude, but in the 80s, that there were a few that would pop up on things and they would just be like the funny guy. Right. You know, always my favorite, um, by the way. Like, me too. like there was Paul Lynn and then he mm-hmm. was like the next he, generation of Paul Lynn. So I read an article where he was talking about her, and he said what happened was Tammy was on the Lisa Gibbons show. Mm. And the producers thought, yeah, she definitely needs to get back on TV, but she needs to be coupled with someone. So Mm. that's how the idea of a gay co-host came out. And this Jim J. guy was on the shortlist for it. And so they called him up and they said, we would love to talk to you about a a project we're kicking around. And he was like, okay, who do they want to be my co-host? And they're like, we're thinking of Tammy Faye Baker. (laughs) And he was like, he said my exact words were, she's fucking crazy. (laughs) So then he was excited to meet her. And he said when she walked in, he was stunned at how pretty he thought she was because she was little bitty and she had a beautiful face and gorgeous eyes. So it scored pretty high with the test audiences, um, but their both their personalities ended up being too much. And during that time, <laughs> she was also first diagnosed with colon cancer. Mm. And I read, you know, no matter how loving she was towards gay people she still had a hard time hearing about gay things coming from jimmy J, which totally understandable it's the 90s yet again no familiarity with what is going on so i think they had a hard time with that and then the producers had a hard time with her crying all the time and (laughs) saying everyone needs jesus so it didn't work out as far as the show but i don't i mean there were no hard feelings or anything like that it's funny because you'd think that maybe she could just segue into 
being an entertainer and a host, and it wouldn't always... Here we go again with the Jesus stuff. I'm sure she was like, isn't this what you wanted me on for? To be myself? Well, this is myself. Yeah. I have a feeling it was that. But you know what? I guess if that's what she really believed, then, oh my gosh, well, look, God's given me another platform. I guess so. so. Which is what everyone of the Christians say, and it bothers me. No, you don't have that platform. Get off the platform. (laughs) She was on Larry King a ton of times. Like, he sure. loved her. He loved the story. The whole idea is she's a woman who pulled herself up by her bootstraps twice. And so she, you know, had this strength and this very fragile little body. But she was on Larry King a bunch of times. And it's really sweet. Like, he really helped get her true self in the limelight again. And here are some things that have happened sort of since her death. So then she did finally pass. She did one last interview with Larry King where she is physically unrecognizable. Yeah, she actually, when I saw it, I was like, who is that? Like, my mind didn't process, and my first thought was Gwen Shamlin because she was so skeletal but still had the makeup. Yeah. And then it looked like, yeah. So she died what year? 2007. Okay. So after she passed, she had left a message with her family that Larry King would be the one to announce her death, which was, again, oh, okay. Very kind and very thoughtful. On the Jim and Tammy show, she had BB and Cece Winans. Like, she helped start their career. I don't know if oh, they, really? know they were. Yeah. I didn't know that either. They've been around for a long time. BB and Cece. I know. They really need <laughs> to get a little more creative. And their cousin, E.E. E. Cummings. So, in 2018... There was a musical that B.B. Winans did called Born for This, and Tammy and Jim Baker appear as, like, supporting characters in it since they had helped start their career. Also, another little miniature person, Kristen Chenoweth, the Broadway actress, is reportedly planning a musical based on her, which would be perfect Hmm. She could transform easily. She annoys me, but Tammy Faye was a bit annoying. So, Also, British playwright James Graham's also writing a new book for another new musical about her with music by Elton John. That's insane. Your worlds are colliding. <laughs> so I'll end it with her one quote I found that was so nice. She said, when we lost everything, it was the gay people that came to my rescue, and I'll always love them for that. Yeah, I liked that. I know. So now I love Tammy Faye Baker. She, or Messner, or whatever she would like to be called. <laughs> and I will I will say my whether it's true or not line again. Like, can we talk about Satan later? <laughs> <laughs> That's our new sign-off. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. And again, 
deconversiontherapypodcast.com is where you can do three important things. We have suggest a topic. If you know of something you want covered, we can put it in the shoot. We have become a sponsor, which is $7 a month. Things happen. You get to see Bonnie in real life. Um, and on Zoom, people. on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but we have Zoom parties every month, to, which is really fun. Yeah, she goes to everyone's store. And we've also started this newsletter where people who are sponsors share their personal stories that are only going to be accessible there um, for privacy's sake and for community's sake. And then the third is that you can submit your funny true story. And if you have ever gone or met the bakers, you better fucking send it in. (laughs) Any true stories we read um, just make me so happy because it always feels like they're funnier than anything you could possibly make up about church. (laughs) 